What's happening, Mark? Well, Johnny, I, I would love to give you a straight answer for that, but, man, as a self-proclaimed genius, I'm going to give you a lot of roundabout answers. So, number one, I'm doing fantastic. Okay. I, I am professing that I'm doing fantastic. It's it's Christmas Day. As a self-proclaimed genius, I can also tell you, Johnny, that Christmas Day should be the, the happiest holiday of the year. And, in fact, it, it is, because I said it is. But <laughs> I tell you what, man, I, I get so into all of this Christmas cheer, and as a self-proclaimed genius, I get a little I get a little down because my intelligence is just so heavy in my head. And, um, you know, I, I, I get all, you know... I'll just be straight with you, Johnny. Sometimes I get a little horned up for Yuletide cheer and get all loop-de-loop and flipperty-gibbet. And... <laughs> oh. Well, I, I, all of a sudden, I, I'm, I'm unaware if I'm podcasting with my good buddy Mark or uh, my new good friend, Rad Thibodeox. <laughs> Thibodeox. <laughs> Sometimes it's pronounced Thibodeau, but only if you're saying it wrong. <laughs> Only if you're saying it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Dango Podcast, everybody. Welcome to Dango Podcast. This is the weekly King of the Hill podcast where I, Mark, and my good buddy... Johnny. We take two episodes of the beloved adult animation classic, King of the Hill, and we talk about the goods and the bads and the highs and the lows. We see if it still holds up. We see if it's still relevant. And then we slap it with our patented rating system. And Johnny, I think it's time to dive right in, buddy. I would definitely agree. We're starting this week's episode with episode 49, The Wedding of Bobby Hill. Original air date, February 9th, 1999. This is an episode written by Jonathan Collier, or Collier, or something to that effect. Uh, apparently, Only if you're saying it wrong. Only if I'm saying it wrong, exactly. <laughs> apparently the wiki says he doesn't do anything. Either that or... For some reason, it just won't let me look at things because I've been editing too much. Uh, I will like to say something. They're mad at you. Oh, they are mad at me. I would like to say something. I found the audacity yes. of this bitch website today. Okay. Uh, I had to create the cast of characters for this episode. So anybody visiting the wiki for the wedding of Bobby Hill, you are welcome. There was not a cast of characters on there. So I did double no duty kidding. while watching this wow. and went, oh, there's Nancy Gribble. Oh, there's John Redcorn. Oh, there's one line from Connie. Made sure we got everybody in there. Damn, dog. I also had to create the character profile for one Rad Thibodeox. And it makes me very upset because he is a very popular character in this show and he's voiced by a very popular human like how did you miss that one guys so with that being did you, said when you were adding this in did you write like thibodeau and then like in parentheses like phonetically spell it thibodeox <laughs> no i really should though <laughs> um no, I really should. I actually need to go in and, and fix Mr. Rad because all I did was put him in as a character. I did not talk about who voices him or anything like that. So there'll be a little bit more when I want to dive back into so rad at AOL.com. So, oh, our, man. Our, yeah, you can already hear the reference rage, can't you? I can hear, I can feel it. Like it's radiating <laughs> through my microphone somehow. <laughs> Um, our cast of characters for this episode are Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Lou Ann Platter, Bill Dotrieve, Boomhauer, Dale and Nancy Gribble, John Redcorn, Con and Connie Supanusimphone, and Rad Thibodeox. Uh, for the record, every time I br we bring him up, I will probably say his full name, and I'm going to say it like that. So you just be warned, buddy. <laughs> Love it. 
Um, I got a synopsis here for you, man, if you want it. Do it up, buddy. So in this episode, Bobby and Luann get in a prank war over Luann's new boyfriend. That's kind of the nuts and bolts of this, right? I I think so, yeah. And then Hank and Peggy are squatters at Boomhauer's place. (laughs) Yes. They find it really cool to have... It's really kind of fun for them to have a a video camera in the bedroom. It's almost like they're on TV or something. (laughs) (laughs) I talk about naive Hank and Peggy, man. I love the wholesomeness, man. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. That it topped off with them drinking beer out of champagne flutes in the hot tub. Like, yes, please. They are very cute in this episode. Th- yes. Um, our A story characters, Bobby Luann and Rad Thibodeox. And what do you say, buddy? You want to jump in and get got some notes for me? You got some pros? Yeah, I got a couple notes. I can't read my own handwriting. We'll start it off that way. But hey, yeah. when can I ever? Um, so number one, I guess Luann didn't quit beauty school, did she? I'm very confused. Yeah. This is one of those weird out-of-sequence episodes. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I actually have, a, a, like, I have that in my cons here, because I've got, like, they open the episode, Luann is is cutting uh, Rad Thibodeox's hair, but mm-hmm. where is she cutting his hair? Because I didn't think she was at the beauty school. Why would he just wander into the beauty school? She definitely hasn't gotten a job as a hairstylist yet. I'm like, guys, I, I get it. You, you know, nobody's really going to question that Luann's cutting hair. But us diehards here, we're going to wonder where. We're going to wonder how they met. Like, all this all this shit. Yeah. But at the same time as the self-proclaimed genius, you, he, he goes on <laughs> our Life Pro Tips and knows that you can go to a beauty academy or barber college. And get a free haircut, mm. and right there you're saving what two seventy five in nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, five bucks. Was. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And 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 he can go scam the local honeys. So yeah, absolutely. That's true. A baller move out of Mister Thibodeaux. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. <laughs> um, Camaro bot. Don't know what that means. Camaro bot. I don't know either, man. I Usually, I can I can um, I can uh, decipher your markisms, but yeah, I th- these are some weird notes. Um, do you think that Dale ever carries a gun, actually, or do you think he just says he carries a gun? I think he just says it. I think he's all bark. Yeah, I really do too. I don't think that Dale would know how to shoot a person if like. They were coming right at him. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. With I mean, with the exception of him trying to deliver flowers and or pizza to the dude that is basically exactly Dale, I don't think I've ever actually seen him carry a gun just to carry a gun. Yeah. Outside of, like, gun club shenanigans. Yes. Yeah. Or hunting or him being a, a bounty hunter. Exactly. Like, I don't know if yeah. it really... That's not really his thing. He's no Lauren, Lauren Boebert, man. <laughs> that bitch called me again. I've blocked her four times. <laughs> She's uh, leaving me voicemails, and I'm like, what the f- oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, she left me um, one, and then I just didn't bother responding. <laughs> um, Where did John Redcorn come from? Or why did, oh, why did John Redcorn come to the wedding? That's really weird. Yeah, I noticed that as well when I was do- doing is my cast so of characters. Watch, is, is it so we can watch Dale, like, backtracking him and his wife dancing yet? Like... 
whatever. But also, I think this is, as long as we're at the wedding scene, um, I think this is the first time we see Dale with his uh, keyboard, right? I think so. The man of the Casio. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, the only explanation I can think of for them inviting Redcorn is Dale went, hey, Nancy's invited to this wedding. She likes to have fun, and I'm going to be busy working. Hey, Redcorn, you want to come and, pl- and come and like hang out with my wife? You guys get along just fine. Like, I can almost yes. imagine him calling John Redcorn up and saying, Hey, can you come to this for me? I would be honored to dance with your wife, Dale. <laughs> no, no, we cannot. We are not devolving into that yet. Not until yeah, we... Not, I, wanted, I wanted to get one. I just wanted to have one. Not until we get to Big Mountain Fudge Cake, then you can do it all you want, because it's the only way that you're going to not rage at it. But it's Christmas, Johnny. <laughs> Couldn't I just have a single John Redcorn? <laughs> Yes, you can have the one. Also, I Merry die Christmas, when guys. We're it. recording this on Christmas. Yes, Merry Christmas. I die when you do your red corn impersonation. I do. <laughs> it's all right. I got the one out of my system. I'm good to go. How about you? Do you have any notes? Um, no notes. I mean, I've got some, some pros here. Um, yeah. I like that. This, I think this is the first time we really see them dive into Boomhauer and how, just how much of a bachelor he is and the lifestyle he lives. Like, mm-hmm. we've in, they've insinuated it a couple times. Um Hank, def- I'm thinking specifically of uh, the episode that Luann and Boomhauer, like, not shack up together, but she stays at his house yeah, for Luan a while. Saga. Yeah, Luann Saga. I Like, Hank alludes to him doing that, and, and Luann sees a little bit of his, like, oh, I've, I've never been in this room before, like, yada, yada, yada. But it never goes down and delves really deep into the, okay, you've got a hot tub, you have a light that light switch that dims the lights and turns on music simultaneously, you've got a mirror on the ceiling, you've got your own, like, video camera in the bedroom. Like, he is... He is living his best single bachelor life. And I, I don't think... I love Boomhauer's yeah. house. Like, God, I do, too. So great. It fits him so well, and you do so much just by setting, like, setting the scene in his house. Like, you tell it tells you so much about him that you don't need to ask from that point on. And even if you did, yeah. you probably wouldn't understand it. So <laughs> even I, if you got an answer. I, exactly. I love that kind of deep dive into Boomhauer's, uh, into his whole life. Uh, so this is one of my more favorite celebrity cameos because it's a celebrity that voices Mr. Rad Thibodeaux. And it's not a celebrity just playing himself. And sometimes like, I don't mind that either. I really like the Johnny Knoxville who is basically just Johnny Knoxville, like, later on in the series. Mm-hmm. That makes me laugh. But I I really like this cameo because Matthew McConaughey is such a douchebag. Mm-hmm. And you can just imagine his smug-ass face doing that in real life, too. Like, I can oh, just yeah, imagine is. him being Rad Thibodeaux. <laughs> like, I just... yeah. Um, so yeah, in case you guys didn't catch that, Matthew McConaughey is our guest star this, uh, this episode. I'm sad that he only shows up the once, but I get it. Perfect use though. Like a perfect, just one and done use of him. Yes. And he's very memorable. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. I I've seen, what is it? I see the, um, Hey, good looking and Bobby responding with, Hey, all the time. Like I see that memed all the time. Yeah. Because it's a that's one of my favorite, or that's one of my pros is hey, good looking. Hey, hey, I love Bobby. I love how I just love Bobby anyway. But um, I think this is our first view of the Hotel Arlen. No, um, it, Hank and Cotton were there. Hank and Cotton were there. 
in Shins of the Father. Don't you oh, taking up your prices. That's yet. right. Okay, well, thank you for correcting me. No, I feel like a fool. That's okay. Um, it's what we're here for. We, it, <laughs> we have to catch each other because every now and then we can't be like... The the Sharing or the Byakugan Johnny has a one single blind spot and mm-hmm. we cover each other's blind spots. That's all it is, man. We must Byakugan each other. Um, Mark, we have the return of Sundress Luan. Yeah, we did. <laughs> yes, we did. God damn it. <laughs> um, I love how dumb Luann is with her pranks in this. <laughs> I do, too. I Like, Bobby's, Bobby's are... <laughs> is clever. Luann is going to get hurt. Luann is going to hurt somebody. <laughs> it pretty much... I, Badly. Like... <laughs> who, who just digs up a bunch of dirt, puts it in someone's food, and thinks that's a good prank? Like, that's so dumb. Um, how do you feel about Luann's dress in the end, Mark? Her um, wedding dress, so that I'll, is. I'll be I'll be straight with you. I watched this like a week ago, so I don't really remember it. Give me how how is it? It's is well, it... it's just a, it's a little form fitting, and it's not super yeah. trashy. Not yeah. exactly what you would expect from Luann for sure, and it's definitely white, and probably shouldn't be. If Buckley has anything to say about it. I was just curious. If it didn't stick out to you, then it didn't uh, have the effect I thought it would, which which is okay. That's it might have, an Like I said, it might have stuck out to me, but I just... It's been a I minute. I feel like she... Yeah, I... I yeah, I... It, it's Luann. I I can't get horned up for Luann. Johnny, it's not okay. It's not, it's not all right. <laughs> I shouldn't encourage this is what you're telling me. I just, dude, one of these nights I'm going to have, like, a fucking sex dream about Luann, and I don't know what I'm going to do with myself after that, like... <laughs> and uh, I know that she's going to, like, walk in and, like, she'll be holding an Alamo beer and be like, Hey, Uncle Mark, you want a beer? And I'll be like, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Why, have, if, why haven't we uh, delved into that weird subsection of porn yet? Because we're good boys still and it's Christmas. That's why. That's that's exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Any any weird sex dreams with Luann has to accompany the manger babies. I'm I'm incepting that into you right now. If I don't get a reach around from Gurgle Gurgle, it's not a good dream. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> with that, you should tell me some of your pros, because I'm done with I'm mine. I'm putting Obadiah the donkey on my dick and I'm like <laughs> But Mr. Reginald Featherbottom, he's the uh, he's the gimp. He's just in the corner watching it all. Oh, <laughs> oh shit! Oh. That got gross. Yeah, it got That's real weird. Cut out anyway. <laughs> what are we talking about? Good things. Pros, uh, buddy. You pros. You can't take my props. <laughs> Yeah, I love that that's Hank's punishment for Bobby. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Bobby without his props. I feel like they haven't brought up his prop comedy for a while. It's been a minute. Yeah, we, yeah. I don't know, though. Like I just had a stroke, yeah. No, it has been a minute yeah. for it. Well, and I'm glad to see the return of it. I don't, I don't remember the next time we see any significant stuff with his props. Probably not to, like, Propaniacs, right? Dude, literally next episode. Hey, it's next episode. Really when glad you're watching Jesus. my Byakugan today, man. It's okay. It's all right. But maybe that one doesn't count. Well, no, it does count because he's using props. It's, it definitely counts. Yeah. 
Um, I love all of the prank war. I think every single bit of it is hilarious. I love that Luann continues to use the uh, canned air as her hair hairspray. It's not just once, it's many times. I... Dumb friggin' Luann. Yes. Gosh, she's such an idiot sometimes. <laughs> such a lovable doofus. Such a lovable doofus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I really like the prank war. They're funny together. I like I like Hank and Peggy. I do have that as a pro in here. Hank and Peggy is a team. Man, they're really good in this episode. Yes. I I also love how they're telling Bobby, like, this is a big responsibility for Mr. Boomhauer. You, 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 you know, you got to watch his house. You got to keep it and everything. And then, like, immediately they just start going through his stuff. As soon as they take over for Bobby, they, they start chilling in his hot tub. Like, Oh, just, yeah. Yeah. Um, all of that, I love... Oh, that's what... Okay, Johnny, I was wrong. I know what that note about Dale was. It wasn't as Dale carrying a gun. It was, do you think Dale is packing? As in, we see him in his little man <laughs> I want to say for the first time. Oh, and the look on yeah. Peggy's face is horrid. And I have an overarching theory about uh, penises in white men. It is the skinnier and weirder the dude, the bigger the donk on the weird dude. Okay. Because the good Lord giveth and the good Lord taketh away. So, like, I believe it is my belief that Dale is absolutely just, like, hung like an ox. I, You know, I could see – I've seen some weird, like, gangly golems of people before. And I it makes me feel a little bit better inside to go off your theory that they're at least packing underneath there. Yeah, like – I it's got to be enough to satisfy Nancy, and if if she's going to him after Redcorn and is going to mm-hmm. be satisfied with that, it's got to be at least something. It's it's better than average. Yeah, I that was that's what that was. It wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> is Dale carrying a gun? Nope. No, it's <laughs> it's just just how much banana is sitting in the hammock. Right? Oh, that's the worst way I've ever heard it described, and I'm going to use that from now on. <laughs> I mean, homeboy isn't rocking no little plantain. <laughs> that's a full Chiquita, baby. It's a full Chiquita. Let's <laughs> just hope it's not bruised. It's after Nancy gets done with it. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. You and I are in a form today. We are we are horny today, Johnny. <laughs> Love it. How about some cons? Do you have any cons? Uh, or did sorry? you do your pros? I did. I did you, my pros. You, um, okay, my, I already told pros. you one of my cons here, and that's I have yeah. no idea where Rad is getting his hair cut. So that that like immediately threw me off right at the beginning. It's at the beauty school, right? It's got to be. Like I can't think of anywhere else. But I thought she was I, done with the beauty school. I did too. But she's her hair is long in this one though too. And next episode, her hair's back to short. So like, yeah, she's got him like the pigtails in the next episode, right? Yeah, she's got the pigtails and the weird bangs, but it's like the, it's it's her it's her second stage hair after like it hasn't quite like you know her bald head was the baby egg that hatched into like <laughs> Sinead O'Connor head. Yeah, I was gonna say and Sinead then, O'Connor. Yeah, and then you walk with it enough and level up its friendship, and then it evolves once into pigtails and bangs, and then you use the shiny stone on it, and you get the Luann hair. Yeah. 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 Um. I, I have a hard time believing that Peggy can just walk away from Luann as she is stabbing Hank's front lawn. Yeah. I'm like, okay, um, uh, Peggy, maybe. But even then, I don't. I think she would have said something. She wouldn't have just looked at her and gone, 
what do you mean you're gardening in the middle of the lawn? Who knows? I had a problem with that. Uh, let me let me tell me your problem then. No, that was it. Like, why okay. would she let her get away with that? Like, exactly. Like Peggy has points where she's definitely checked out and where she just takes Louie inside for no reason. But yeah. Yeah, like, I, I had a hard time believing that. I also had a hard time believing that Luann thought up the ruse of, oh, no, now I'm pregnant because you messed with my pills. Like, that seems too smart for her to think up by herself. I bet because that happened to her at one point. Oh, maybe. I bet, I bet when she first started taking birth control, the way that she would have had it explained to her, because this is 1990s whatever Texas, so it was already a schlep to get it. But, like, I bet the doctor realized, like, this human cannot reproduce. We cannot allow this human to reproduce. You <laughs> Sorry, tell her crazy. that she has to take it every single day. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, that poor baby. But you tell her that she's got to take it every single day or she will just get pregnant. <laughs> yeah, and then eventually she figured it out because she missed a day. Yeah, and then she's like, well, I'm not pregnant. Interesting. Um that was my thought. I don't know, but like that's that's the those are the only cons I have. I thought this was a pretty solid episode, actually. Um, so I have a note of Bill didn't pant load slash never mind. That's why. So when they're at the bachelor party, um, Bill is not a weird sad pant load. Okay, and I couldn't figure out why. I was like, wow, he has come around full circle from pretty pretty dresses. We have the newly realized Bill. He's he's going to be better now, you know, like he's he's coming back for it and it's going to be OK. And then the rest of the episode, he is pant load bill. Yes. And yeah. And that's whatever. I <laughs> I don't know. I, I, not that I don't I, not that I don't enjoy pant load bill every now and then. But we got a man They're They're really just, you know, they have it set on whore, I guess, is my point. It's yes. there's too much pant load bill. You know what I mean? Like it's too much. Yeah. Um, and I also have con. I don't know why I have con written down, but, oh, that's one of, that's a pro. So again, sorry. My, all my notes are really weird lately. Um, I love con. Man, they're getting married. <laughs> I love that. It's in my favorite moments. Con's reaction <laughs> yeah. to the wedding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, up. Oh, I owe you $5. Yeah. <sighs> it's such a dick <laughs> thing, but so on, on like brand for con. Oh, and you know that they bet on this. You know that they thought this was going to happen. Like, Yeah, within a week of meeting the Hills and the rest of their neighbors. Yeah. Like, okay, who's going to marry who? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You got any more cons, buddy? Um, I don't have any more cons, no. I'm good. Well, I know you have a retro reference rage because you don't two. hit it. I've got two. Okay. Um, so one, answering machines. Do ans- like actual Ooh. physical answering machines even occur anymore? Like ah, this, voicemail, right? I, I mean, it's all voicemail. And honestly, when was the last time somebody left you a voicemail other than maybe Lauren Boebert? <laughs> yeah. Like, our generation does not check the voicemail. I I had a lady who I work with who is like maybe early 50s. And she mm-hmm. told me, it is literally my job just to take calls from people. And I will intentionally leave my voicemail box full so I d- they can't leave me messages. Yeah. I'm like, okay. That's just not a thing. Don't, People don't like voice messages. So, like, if you made a call right now and didn't get through, you could leave a coherent voicemail message, though, right? Like, yeah. Hey, oh, yeah. this is John. I'm trying to reach you in regard to this. My number is this. 
Oh, yeah, I do it every day at work. Whenever, yeah. I call about 900 yeah. people every day at work, and I still try and leave voicemails. But other than a business capacity, I don't think voicemail is even a thing anymore, really. Well, that's my thought, because, like, every now and then I have to call people, too, and I have to use my manager voice, you know? And people will go, damn, Buffalo, you're, like, really nice on the phone. It's like, yeah, it's phone manners. It's how you talk to people on a <laughs> phone. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this you, is literally, it, I am leaving my recorded voice for someone, and they can come back and go, you were a real dickhead, you know that? Like, be polite. And pretty much. Some of the people I work with, I can't this. imagine that they know how to, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. The, the young kids today just don't get it. I guess not. Well, you know what else they don't get, Mark? What's that? That you can earn 10 free hours if you just refer so rad at AOL.com. Oh, my God. That was such a weird moment. You, right? Uh, so for all you people out there in uh, internet podcast land that don't know this, that are a little too young for it, you used to have to pay for your internet by the hour, and you would have to dial up your phone line. No one could use your in, like home phone line to use the internet. And in order to get extra hours for free, you had to refer your friends to buy shit like AOL. Yep. So. And also, yeah. also, also, you used to have to get the internet on a CD. Yes. Which I don't know what's worse, that the internet came on a CD, or what the hell is a CD? Do people know what CDs <laughs> are anymore? Um, it's, it's a, I believe that's short for compact disc, but I don't uh -huh. know if many people even know what discs are anymore. They're these really uh -huh. like round, shiny things. They've got this filament over the top of them. There's data that's written on them. You used to be able to do like rewritable things. You may know them as like Blu-rays. That's a disc, technically, if people aren't <laughs> streaming everything. People still buy Blu-rays, right, Mark? I, yeah, I mean, I just bought Parks and Rec for my lady, like, I, on DVD. I, I, wow, this is like the most boomery conversation ever, because you and I have gone through, like, six different media formats just in our lives. Yeah, like, yeah, I remember getting the PS3, and it had Blu-ray on it, and I was so pissed off because we had to, like, reconvert once again. Yep. And, yep. That's okay, I just recently got into the 4K DVD market, 4K Blu-ray market, so... Oh, God. I'm reconverting all over again. I have I oh, bought Lord of the Rings in every single format it's ever been released on, including VHS. <laughs> I, That's right. You know I'm the one that guy. gets me is like, what's the last um um solid video game you bought? Like not solid, but like hard like copy video game. Physical video game? Oh Jesus. Yeah. Sorry, my fucking chair just took a shit on me and almost <laughs> fell out of the back. Oh shit. <laughs> wow. Uh <laughs> So, actually, that's not a hard question for me to answer, but it's not a disc. Like, the game I bought is not a disc. I buy yeah. a lot of Switch games, and if they are, like, Nintendo Nintendo first-party or, or Pokemon Company first-party games, I will buy them in their cartridge form. I learned that right. long ago. So, I like, the last physical game I bought was uh, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond. But what's the last, like, CD game you bought? The last CD game that I bought? Probably Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So about a year, a little over a year ago. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I bought it when it came out last November. Um, it's think, also, like, I think it has spent 9 to 10 to 11 months sitting inside my Xbox because everything else on my Xbox is digital, and I never even have to take... everything else is digital. I never have to take anything out. Yeah, like, it sat in there yeah. until I wanted to watch The Lord of the Rings, and then I took it out, and then as soon as I was done with my movie, I put it right back in. It's just like, this yeah. is your home now, Disc. You're just gonna stay in here forever. 
You live here now. Yeah, uh, Borderlands 3, just chilling in my Xbox. Yep. I got it when it came out, like, yeah. Yep. So, I, I it's kind of cool. I, I finally come to the realization that we don't need a lot of that physical media stuff, and I'm okay with not needing a lot of that physical media stuff. So when I buy a new PlayStation, I'm, going not, I'm not going to spend the extra, like, 200 bucks for the disc version. I'm going to buy mm-hmm. the digital-only one. Right on. I'm just like, eh, fuck it. That's, that's where I'm right at on. right now. Yeah, I don't even right. think you can buy computers with disk drives in them anymore. That's like an, an accessory you have to buy off the side that you just USB oh into it. God. I'm looking at computers, and now it's like, shit, even USB ports are like getting weird. And they're like, ooh, you only get one, and you have to have an adapter if you want it. I don't Yeah. I'm looking at my it's nice universal, Mac, like, And it's, it's I don't know, it doesn't have a single USB port on it. I had to buy a dongle that goes up to oh USB-C that just did a normal USB so I could use my thumb drive on it for school. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. Like, it was an extra oh, 25 man. bucks to use a damn USB drive on my my computer as a little man. I reckon that's Apple, though, just trying to nickel and dime. Uh, it's, that's their MO. Yep. Okay, let's... Uh, yeah, We're getting out of retro rage here because I feel like we went down a rabbit hole there on media formats. Um, <laughs> but we just went full circle, like... <laughs> We're, we're, we're talking about, like, answering machines and CDs and AOL. Like, is AOL even a thing anymore? Like It, it is. is I, it really? I'm pretty sure that you can still get dial-up from them, but I don't think they charge you anymore. Huh. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Um, let's get to favorite moments, man. Yeah. Um, I've got two. Um, my own fruit pie. I love Bobby's rage. Yes. Bobby has been attacked. This slight will not stand. This is war. You call this down the thunder where stand. here it is. Yep. Um, that and then him running into the house. I got Luann pregnant. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, I just... This episode is written so well. So well. So well. Oh, I um, love it. Can I cycle back really quick? Sorry, yeah. I realized what one of my notes is. So I wrote down, this is a solid episode because everyone is established. And they are. Yeah. But I almost think that... We talk about if you were going to show somebody a single episode, which one would you do? And you couldn't show them this one. Because everybody is so established that without any context for it, it totally screws everything up. For sure. Yeah, when like, you realize that Bobby and Luann are their cousins, right? Yeah. And he runs in and says, oh, my God, I got my cousin pregnant. Like, if you just show somebody that scene, they th- they're they going to think way different about this show than any other scene. And you'll never be able to get that out of their head. You're not going to appreciate um, Boomhauer's bachelor pad. Yep. You're not going to – you're going to be watching um, four dudes sitting at a table with a 12-year-old kid at a pizza place. And then later on in that episode, one of these fat dudes is going to turn into a crying pant load. You're not going to get that one. Um, yep. Why is there a Native American dancing with this white chick? I thought I saw her with the other skinny white guy. Hey, whatever. Like, yep. Yeah. Who, who are these dick-ass Asian neighbors talking about hillbillies <laughs> getting married to their cousins? Like – if you didn't have any context for this episode, and I think really specifically this episode, you're not you're gonna miss so much of it, right? And it almost takes away from like the goodness of the episode. But sorry, um, just doubling, just I wanted to double back on that super quick. No, I, you make a very valid point. Like you know, after you've watched maybe half a season of this show and you have a good idea of who the characters are, then you can show this episode to just about anyone, and they're going to love it. 
mm-hmm. because all it takes is getting to know who that is to under start to understand all of the like little subtleties of the jokes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, how about how about you? Favorite moments? Um. So let's see here. We already talked about Khan's reaction to the wedding in the backyard. Um. I, I love Luann's line of "I'll get a divorce." I'll say he hit me. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I know. <laughs> because I'm like, oh shit, that shows a lot about your upbringing. Yep. Um. And then she immediately gets shut down by Hank and Peggy. Like, nope, they're gonna make you try it for at least a year. So have fun. Um. Bobby getting drug out of the hot tub in his underwear and telling Hank, I, I tried beer, but I didn't even like it. And then Hank just going, now you're just trying to make me mad. <laughs> it's perfect. But my absolute favorite moment of this episode, it's one of those like top five animation moments of all time. Hey, Mark, why does Mr. Mm-hmm. Dotrieve look so mad? <laughs> the, the angry Bill that just sits in the background scowling. <laughs> like it's one drawing of Bill with his, like his his eyebrows furrowed and a scowl on his face, and he's just pissed. I want that animation cell. Yeah. Like, why is Mister Dotrieve so mad? I just I want Angry Bill to sit in judgment over me when I'm recording a podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna buy you that like animation frame, and you can hang it in your bathroom. So yes, you, as you like try and knock out a grumpy. Yes. Um, but anyway, so that's, those are my, uh, those are my top moments, man. We had a lot of them in this episode. Like it's not, it's 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 not very often I have like four. Yeah. It's, it was a, it's a really funny episode. It's got a lot of solid moments, but. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Also, we, we should really bring up one more time just to really drive it home. Rad the Bideox, like. He's yeah, such he, a piece of shit. He, like, he absolutely is. Who comes over to a random stranger's house, shares all of their beer, and then won't like won't leave? That's like the yeah. biggest dick move. <laughs> such a piece of shit. Um, and then just the isn't it pronounced Thibodeau? Yeah, if you say it wrong, that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes if you're wrong. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so well, Mark. Genius. What do you say we explain our rating system to the fine folks at home? I, yeah, you, you want to take her away there, buddy? I do. So our rating system is as followed. It is patent pending. Uh, our lowest of the low is our charcoal rating. This is an F-tier episode. It's not very good at all. It's not good TV. It's not fun to watch. And you may watch it one time in an initial viewing and never come back to it again. After that, we have our megalo rating. This is our kind of our bronze tier there's a couple of good jokes in it. There's a little bit of character development. It's not a great episode. If it's on and you're a little drunk, you might watch it on Adult Swim. That's kind of the best way to describe a Megalo episode. After that, you've got Butane. This is our silver medal, our medium medium rank. You know, Butane episodes, they've got some decent jokes in them. You'll usually watch them. You can usually chuckle a little bit. They're not the best episodes by any means, but they're a pretty good, accurate representation of what King of the Hill is. After that, we have our gold standard, the Char King and the Char King Imperial. Uh, the Imperial is reserved for if we both decide that a Char King is warranted for an episode. Uh, the Char King episodes are basically like perfect episodes of King of the Hill, just about. You get yeah. lots of character development. They're super memorable. You've probably seen memes from them uh, on a couple of cases. And like there's, they're just they're very fun episodes. You never skip them. You, they might even be ones that you hunt out 
and watch on their own just because you feel like watching something silly. After that, we have our Blue Flame of Valor. This is the S-tier super rank best episodes of not just King of the Hill, but television in general. The Blue Flame of Valor is the best representation of adult animation that you can find. Uh, Mark and I, I believe, have each given out three Blue Flames since the start of this podcast. Um, and we've, we've shared one. We've only ever mm-hmm. shared one. And really, I'm, I'm telling you, man, I don't know if we're going to only stick to five. Like, I think I might have to give a, give a couple more out over, over that the more I'm looking at our upcoming schedule here but yeah yeah upcoming's really good it's yeah, yeah we're i mean we're in the the golden era right now season two three four and even some of five of king of the hill is it is about as good as you're ever gonna get with this series and we're right in the thick of it now yeah so mark with that being said you want to give us a rating for the wedding of bobby hill yeah, um, I'm giving The Wedding of Bobby Hill a Char King. It's a really good episode. It's super funny. Matthew McConaughey kills it as a voice, as a uh, as a guest star. Um, it does have some moments, like I said, that like you wouldn't appreciate if you had this zero context. So like, you can't give it. It can't be the. It's not the perfect episode, but like, damn, it's super good. Like, it is real good. Yeah. How about you, buddy? Uh, so I initially gave it a butane, and okay. I'm going to amend that a, just a smidge in here after having this conversation because it, it usually, like, after you and I have a conversation, I have to almost reevaluate what I evaluated on my own because you always bring up a lot of very good points when we're talking about this stuff. So instead of just a solid butane, we're going to turn this into a buking. Like okay. it's somewhere in the middle here. It's definitely not a silver rank episode. I don't know if I would go so far as to put it as a char king in and of itself, especially if you're going to give it one because then it becomes an imperial. But I yeah. definitely think it is not. It's it's higher than a butane for sure. There are some great moments with the prank war. That's just like classic silly TV. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rad Thibodeox is incredibly fucking memorable. Sorry, I dropped the f bomb there. You can bleep me Dude, out. Dude, I forget which episode <laughs> it was, but like, I I think I texted you. I gave up the ghost as I was editing it. <laughs> you did because literally every fucking three things we said was fuck. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you did. I, we were probably drinking that night. That's all. Yeah, I just yeah, it was one we really loved, and it was like, no, we're just I'm done doing this. Fuck it. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but no, like Rad is, he is the perfect kind of celebrity cameo. It's not one that uses his celebrity status to draw away from the focus of the story. He adds to the story and it is just being himself in that. So well done guys. That's fantastic. So yeah, I gave it, I gave it a Bu King. Bu King. I, I, I kind of was thinking the same thing, but I couldn't remember if we had given it like a cute name. (laughs) No, I think actually we gave it a Chartane. No, isn't Chartane between Charcoal and Butane? Oh, you're right. You're right. No, that's, yeah. No, that's Megalotane. Yeah, that's, Me- <laughs> that's Megalotane. I, yeah. You know, if, if we already named it a Chartane, then you guys can make fun of me later. But I'm going to call it a Char- Buking I'm, today. I, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to swap mine, too, and I'm going to do Buking because, like, I, I felt the same way as you. It's not a silver standard, and... In talking with you, yeah, it does kind of flip about a little bit for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll leave it. Both of us will give it a Buking. How about that? A Buking Imperial. <laughs> oh, God, that sounds so gross. <laughs> it really does. 
All right. That's what I. That's. Oh God, never mind. Not even. Oh, fuck it. That's my finishing move in my Manger Baby sex dream of Buchan uh, Imperial. Uh, okay. With that, we're gonna move on to episode fifty, Slate of Hank. Oh, uh, nothing up my <laughs> sleeves, and here we go. Smoke bomb transition. <laughs> Uh, I need first, Mark. I need the assistance of a beautiful woman's. No Jew. No Jew, no, over there. Uh, Jew in the back, please. Uh, so, Slate of Hank. We have an original air date of February sixteenth, nineteen ninety nine. Uh, writers Jonathan Abel and Glenn Berger. Uh, I know we've seen a couple of these guys before. Um, mm-hmm. Hank's Dirty Laundry, Meet the Manger Babies, Arrowhead. There's not a lot more after this. Um, our next yeah. one is is a personal favorite of mine, Revenge of the Ludafisk. I am so excited for that one. I I very much am too. We we need to get our Reverend Stroop on. Like I I it's, I just can't imagine. I don't know why it's taken them so long to bring her into this because she seems like such a staple. Well, we need to. We we talked about this a long, long time ago about how many ministers does Arlen have? Yeah, and we're cycling through them. Like we're we're running through. We have nervous carpet minister whose name escapes me. You got uh, what <laughs> Reverend Hubert? Like he didn't yeah, drown, uh, drown and drowning babies. Yep. Yeah, and, and we're 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 getting there. We're so close. Like. When she's We're going to have our weird religious reawakening in Arlen, Texas, in a good I, way. I know that Strip is, doesn't have anything to do with this episode. We're not going to see her for a couple. But I just I want to point out how perfect she is as a juxtaposition of, okay, you are not Texan. You're about the least Texan thing that you can imagine. And yet you fit in mm-hmm. so well in this community. Oh, it makes me, it makes my heart so happy. Yeah. She's like the Canadians, but she's not annoying. <laughs> So our cast of characters for Slate of Hank are Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale and Nancy Gribble, Boomhauer, Bill Dotrieve, John Redcorn has a cameo here just in the beginning, and we have the astounding Herrera. <laughs> yes. um, our synopsis, when Peggy becomes a magician's assistant, not knowing how a magic trick is performed, drive Hank, drives Hank crazy. Yep. Yeah. So our A story here, man, it's just Hank and Peggy, right? Like everybody else is kind so. of like yeah. tangential. It's really it's Hank and Peggy. This is a Hank and Peggy episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it really is. Yeah. I don't know. It's I I have some issues with this. Okay. Yeah, just because of how it ends. So I mean, we'll get there when we get there. But okay. Um, okay. You got any notes for me, man? Um. Yeah. Uh, number one, I don't get why Hank is so upset. That's okay. just that's I, I wrote that a couple times. Um, during the magic show, uh, Boggle Champion Yuri Grigoryov or whatever the hell his name is, he's in there. He's he makes an appearance in this episode. Is he good catch? Yeah. Uh, just background recycle animation characters. Like, I'm really keeping an eye out for it. Like, I found uh, Gale in the in Peggy's turtle song and ever since then like my head exploded nice well my question yeah. for you Mark did he have a pencil <laughs> I don't think he had a pencil <laughs> <laughs> he was too busy watching the magician <laughs> oh. um um oh you speak Spanish in a way kind of <laughs> yeah <laughs> um we've talked before 
about things to keep an eye on, and I want to say this might be our first Bobby Sunday School shenanigans episode. Well, our second one after um the Company Man, right? Where Bobby in Sunday School gets into trouble because of Sunday School. Yes, and this is one of them, and yeah. And then also I have a note. Weird Junie Harper. Oh yeah, is Bobby Sunday School teacher Junie Harper? I know it's I, not, but yeah, man, she know. looks like her and sounds a lot like her, and it's just kind of wonky. I don't know. Maybe they just took the character model and went, "Eh, this is the crazy religious lady. We'll just recycle her. No one remembers yeah. her." Yeah, I remember Junie Harper. She ruined Halloween. <laughs> Trick or treat. Her and her dumb um, cat Joshua. Jo- Who the hell names a cat Joshua? <laughs> anyway, not what we're here for. Um, how about you, buddy? You got any notes? Um, uh, no real crazy notes in here. Uh, I got a, a surprisingly amount, large amount of pros in here. Okay. Um, so I love that Hank is trying to leave literally when Nancy gets there. Like everybody says surprise, he goes, "Okay, well, it was a lovely party. I'm leaving now." I think that's – I've been that guy before where I'm like, I don't want to be here. Oh, I hate like, parties, yeah. The second I get a chance to leave, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it politely. But, oh, man, am I out that door in, like, two seconds because I don't want to be here. Um, yep. I also really like grumpy and frustrated Hank where he's just mad the entire time he's watching magic. <laughs> like, he is kind of a dick the whole episode. But I think it's yeah. hilarious to watch him just get so angry about something so trivial. You know, everybody else is trying to have fun. Yeah, everyone's having fun. Shut up, Hank. Who cares? Yeah. Like, yeah. So I I like it because I like to watch Angry Hank. Um, You know, call call it for what it is, man. I would definitely watch the reality TV show where all they do is tease him. But, yeah. Um, I don't know if I would watch Bam Margera versus Hank Hill. (laughs) That's, That's true. Bobby um, runs in and just starts, like, smacking Hank while he's trying to take a shit. This the Juan Occupado. Yeah. Um, I like all of it. I, I always forget that they're there, and then when I hear him, I go, oh, that's cute. All of the great Herrera's innuendos, it's like, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I'm trying to hit on your wife, man. Like, he just, it's like three or four of them right in a row, all about him scoring with his wife. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's amazing. Um Oh, okay, here we go. There's a I was like what in the world did I write down here? Peggy has said has a line where she's like, "You know why you're so mad is because I know something that you don't and it's making you like you can't stand that." I thought yeah. that this was incredibly funny considering Peggy is always saying that she knows something that she knows nothing about. <laughs> always. And Hank yeah. just sits very nice, idly by, very politely, almost always, and doesn't say a word. <laughs> so I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bobby's Bible report really should just be put in favorite moment. It's the best part of the whole episode. Yes. If um, you're the amazing Jesus. Right? It's um, a miracle. I love that Peggy has heated up her own soup in in the uh, in the microwave and it's a big deal for her and she goes and sees all of bobby's clouds in his room and she comes back to find hank opened having opened the microwave and is stealing her soup <laughs> i was like what the hell um and i absolutely love the animation of rundown hank 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's just sitting, and he's like, oh, Peggy, come out here. Like, he's sitting, and he's he's finally like, nope, I'm going to figure this out, and I know how. I know exactly how I'm going to do this. And he just, like, crates her in and says, okay, now you're going to tell me. <laughs> I That animation of Hank where he's he's got the bags under his eyes, and he's got the 5 o'clock, no, like, at this point, it's like 8 or 9 o'clock shadow. Yeah. And he's got, like, pit stains and a jacked-up shirt, like... This guy is clearly, it has been bugging him so much he can't even sleep. <laughs> guy can't even yep. take care of himself. I It adds some gravitas to this story, and I think it's awesome. I love that, Hank. But those are my pros. Like I said, I had a surprisingly large amount of them. There was a lot of this episode that I think I, I liked more than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. How about you, man? What pros you got? Um, Number one, Johnny, did you know that bees are stupid? <laughs> I do now. <laughs> I love that line. Um, I also have Hank's nonplussed face. I love Hank's... F- so I have to go back and forth a lot in this one because, like, with the cloud shit, I don't understand why he's so upset. I don't understand why he's so worked up about the magician. Maybe maybe, um, the the great Herrera is, like... or, or may- Try it again. Maybe, maybe, maybe the astounding Herrera is, like just compounding a little bit of the rage because first I had to deal with my son in clouds and now I got to watch this stupid magician and I hate magicians, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I really alternate on enjoying Hank's upsetness and getting bored with Hank's upsetness in it. Okay. Got, for some of it is just like, God, dude, just let it be. Who the hell cares? Yeah. You're um, the only one who's putting this much effort into it. Yeah. I don't know what that says. Anytime Astounding Herrera's on stage is hilarious. I love both of his acts. I love the part two when he's like, when he, you know, does the trick and then pops next to Hank. Did you figure it out this time? That's great. I love yep. that a lot. Um, all of Bobby's act. I, I love that. That favorite <laughs> moment. You're right. Uh, yeah. Really, there's a lot of pros for this episode. Oh, when they're going, when, so Nancy takes, Nancy and John Redcorn going to the party. You might want to take your hand out of my pants. It's <laughs> <laughs> It was unexpected for me. Yeah. It was I like that a lot, just that little bit and <laughs> cuz John Redcorn knows what's up and Nancy's real clueless and Oh yeah. I love that. Um yeah, that's pretty much it. A lot of, lot of lot of pros, but you you already said a lot and I don't want to I don't want to mirror or I don't want to echo you either though, you know. I also like sure. um I like, um, I, I, lo- I love Luann, like, when she's get tr- like going to be a volunteer, psyching herself up of, I won't really disappear, I won't really disappear. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's a perfect Luann moment. Yeah. Jew in the back. Yes, yes, yes you. Jew. In the back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Luann. Poor Luann. Um, well, I, I've only got, like, one really, like, one con in here, and I think it's kind of a big one. And really, like, I was doing fine through most of this episode, and then it's the the moment that I was just talking about where Hank is stealing Peggy's soup, and the, the clouds make a return and all that stuff. That's where this episode turns to me, and it actually drug it way down, because I came to the realization that this, all this episode is, is a fighting parents episode. Yeah. 
And I was like, wow, you guys took a really weird turn here because like they start screaming at each other and then it's traumatized Bobby and he's outside going, I don't know, I was trying to help and I just screwed this thing whole, whole thing up again. And I I don't like the ending. I think it's stupid that they kick each other in the shins and call it good. I like I don't know. I don't feel like the ending where Hank is just sitting there watching the clouds with him and doing grill accessories and all that stuff. I don't think it's earned because he's been a dick and been just obnoxious about it the whole freaking episode. Uh-huh. So I don't know. My my biggest con in this is that it, it feels like it just turns on a dime all of a sudden into a, yep, now all of a sudden this is just going to be an episode about this. Forget all of the other fun stuff that you've been dealing with, all of the magic and all of this and that. Nope, you're not that's not even doesn't even matter anymore because this is a Hank and Peggy episode about them fighting with each other over something stupid. Yes. And I don't know, we've watched we've watched too many good Hank and Peggy episodes for me to like this one that much. This is not Texas City Twister. It's not. Well, and we just watched him like I don't know. They're it's 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 such a dumb premise too, because like, what are, what are they really fighting about? Clouds on a wall, or like, a magic trick? And who the hell cares? Like, they the writers yeah. I think come back to this because they like seeing conflict between Hank and Peggy because Hank and Peggy are very much in love and they can make conflict real and have a believable resolution at the end. I'm thinking specifically of the the uh, episode where Peggy gets a job at Alamo. And she has to lie to Hank oh. the whole episode. And there is just like that tension there. But even that's yeah. a better episode because the premise is a little bit more original. And there's like tension there. It's not just people screaming at each other. Yeah. So I, I feel like they go back to this Hank and Peggy fight a lot. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Hank and Peggy are a little bit stronger in my mind than to constantly be fighting like that. Their relationship's a little bit better than that. Yeah, right? Like, I don't know. No. I, yeah. Um, you got any cons, man? I really, I don't, outside of what I've already bitched about with Hank, but okay. I understand that that's just what Hank is. In this, I, I forget the episode, but I think I broke it down into you can have one of two Hanks. You can have either Happy Hank or Asshole Hank, and in this one, he is Asshole Hank. Yes, the whole episode. Yeah. yeah. He is not you very redeemable. No, he's really not, and like... I don't. I don't know. It's, but really, it's. I. I don't know. I. It's fine. Yeah. Really, the really you watch this episode for the magic bits. You watch it for Bobby being the amazing Jesus, and after yes. that, you're like whatever. But yeah. Yeah. How about you? It's just, it's just kind of a stinker. But yeah, that was the only con I've got. I do have a retro rage because I have no idea who David Copperfield is. Shame I thought that on was. Him. I honestly, I thought he was. Uh, isn't that the name of some book that Mark Twain wrote? Uh, Charles Dickens, but yeah. Dickens, thank you. Yeah. So, like, that that's what really I know David Copperfield. David Copperfield? I don't, I don't think so. Dude, I grew he up was in... was a big damn deal in the 90s. He was, like, America's sweetheart magician. I See, his I... His big deal was illusions. Like, that was his deal was he made the Statue of Liberty disappear on Fox. It was... Oh, jeez. Yeah. See, I, uh, I grew up in the age of, um, Chris Angel, the mind freak. Oh, God, yeah. So, I, I don't know. We didn't have a lot of magicians growing up, Mark. This didn't That's feel fine. like it. We I knew Penn and Teller. Penn and Teller, um, Blumen Group a little bit, I think. A little bit. Kind of a type of magician. Um, yeah. I, I don't like magicians. I think they're boring. Like, I don't, whatever. I, they're illusions. Sleight of hand is fine. Like, it's, I don't know. Yeah. 
Um, I have a separate but equal reference rage, okay. and it's Bobby's Masked Magician bit at the end. Do you remember oh, those God. shows on Fox? Yes, I do. And I understand so that in the dated. context of it. Yeah, in the context of this episode, that would have been a perfect post credit scene. But yes. good lord, man, now it's... Nah, nah. It's like, why is Bobby wearing this weird luchador mask? What the hell's going on? Like, you Right? Yeah. Yeah, nobody nobody that, that didn't watch the, like, Behind the Magician's Curtain or whatever the hell those were... Like nobody that didn't that watch that or that didn't watch that would have any understanding of what Bobby was doing. Yeah, it's very much a, a time capsule thing. I'm glad you brought that up. I think I actually shut the episode off because I don't care to watch that little end stinger. Oh, but I, I like the end stinger. I think it's I, I like how they did it because it's it is kind of just a simple misdirect. You know, she doesn't even get into the donkey. Like yeah, I, yeah, I like that little bit, but yeah, I I also don't. Um, I work in a grocery store. We know this. Um, forklifts are loud as shit. There's no way there's a forklift behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah. Like. I mean, okay, unless whatever, you, you, you took out all the OSHA precautions and disabled the beepers. Is that a Mexican workforce joke? Um, it's definitely more of a, the theater department we worked at did all sorts of shit like that joke. But oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, think about our, our, uh, our genie. Uh, harness yeah. thing that we had and all the stupid shit yeah. we did that we weren't supposed to be able to move around while we did it. <laughs> Keep pushing. All right. Keep going. <laughs> Too far. Pull back. Okay. <laughs> hey, I hit my head. Back off, please. I need to come down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, Total there's always sidebar. Total sidebar. Do you remember when whatever it was was like on the floor and you and I were just hanging from it? Swinging back and forth, Dave Trudeau <laughs> walks in. What the fuck are you doing? We're bells. <laughs> yes. Oh, I miss that oh, man. Shit. Oh god, I miss all of it. <laughs> so good. So good. Um. Yeah. Uh, you want a raider? Uh, we gotta get favorite moments first. You got any favorite moments? Oh shit, we got favorite moments. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, we already called it. I think Bobby is the amazing Jesus. It's great. Okay. I love um, that. Oh, also when Peggy's in, it's not a favorite moment, but it's a really good moment when Peggy is now sealed in the box. <laughs> I'll be ready in five minutes. Peggy is so sure of herself that she was like, get out of this box somehow. Oh, yeah. And I just, I like that. I like that little bit. It's kind of funny. It's, and really, I think, I don't think it's Peggy being like self-assured Peggy, just her telling Bobby, everything's going to be fine. We're not going to be late for church. We're going to see your little Sunday school presentation. Absolutely. Yeah. Um... Uh, so I've got two in here. Okay. One of them is Hank's line. I don't need to see a silky man in his silky scarves doing magic. Like, <laughs> it's a very Hank line, and it gets a chuckle out of me. Yep. And Bill's reaction to Dale's conspiracy theory of twin Peggy's always kills me watching this episode. <laughs> Other than Bobby, it's my favorite, like, 10-second bit. <laughs> Wait a minute, you mean she talks like Peggy? She looks like Peggy? Smells like Peggy? Yep, but we'll never know, because they burned up the Peggy. <laughs> I'm really pissed off that Dale, like, ruined the prestige for me 20 years before the prestige came out. Uh-huh. Like, what the <laughs> hell, dude? So, I love the twin Peggy's bit. I think it's great. Yeah, um, Yeah, I'm ready to raid her if you are, man. Yeah, uh, take her away, man. So, I honestly, I gave it a megalo. It's, really? it's a bronze tier for me. And I think I'm going to stick with that just because of how disjointed the end feels. Like I, I told you before, I really like it was a good episode up to that point. 
it wasn't a great episode. You've got the the Bobby moment. You've got a couple of funny one-liners and things like that. But it's very dated. And then it just turns on a dime for me. And it just really threw me off. Going through the next time I watch this series, I don't know if I'll watch this episode again, to be completely honest with you. Interesting. Okay. There wasn't enough there to really drag me back in. How about you, yeah. man? Um, same. I, I gave it a... a Wow, I can't even talk. I gave it a Megalo. It's not that good. Yeah. I really don't understand why Hank is such an asshole through this entire episode. Um, the fight is bad, like we've talked about at length already. Um, yeah, there's not really anything in it that I love. I love the astounding Herrera, and that's about it. I love every time he's on screen, and he really saves it. And yeah. 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 I oh, also cool. imagine that Bill loves magic, and he's just agreeing with Hank to agree with Hank. Oh, for Bill sure. Bill seems like the type of dude who would just go absolutely batshit crazy, mark out for magicians. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. But instead, we've got all on loop-de-loops and flibberty gibbets stuck in his head. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, shit. I guess we ought to get out of here. But before we do that, Johnny, I have a really important question to ask you. All right. Shoot, Mark. Do you still like King of the Hill? Mark, I still love King of the Hill. How about yourself? I still really love King of the Hill, even with this episode being kind of crappy. Man, I I didn't want to turn it off. I wasn't checking timestamps. Like, sure. I liked it still. You know, like, it would, I could still watch it. So, yeah, love King of the Hill. Oh, good. Well, before we get to our plugs and everything else, I do want to make an announcement to the rest of you guys. Uh, we are going to have some new cover arts that coming up here pretty quickly here, done by a fan of the podcast. So keep uh, keep an eye out for that. We want to thank uh, this, this particular fan for it. Um, we also have hit over 100 downloads on our little tiny podcast here. We're not even 20 episodes in, and yet you guys seem to seem to like us well enough. Um, I'm looking at our stats, Mark, and I see a lot of folks from Louisiana. I see some folks from Tennessee. I see a couple of folks from Michigan, some from California, yeah. a couple here in Colorado. So, And we've got a couple others that are international as well. So uh, salutations and welcome to the podcast, guys. But we just want yeah. you all to know we really appreciate all the downloads you guys are uh, giving us. And hopefully you're enjoying the product. Yeah, like tell your friends if you like it. <laughs> We're happy to have yeah. more listeners. Yeah, let us know. Do you agree with us? Are, are me and Johnny wrong? Is this a great episode? Is Chris Angel the, the magical savior that we all need and deserve? Was Jesus that savior, but not as good of a magician as Chris Angel? Because Chris Angel had abs and only Mexican Jesus has abs, but I don't know. <laughs> Where can the good people find us, Johnny? The good people of internet land can email us at dangolpodcast at gmail.com. They can also follow us on Twitter at dangolpodcast. They can follow me on my Twitter, which is constantly only retweeting out our episode drops of this at krautballstream. <laughs> It is kraut as in sauerkraut, ball as in Swedish meatball, and stream as defined by Wikipedia as a body of water with surface water flowing within the bed and banks of a channel. How about you, Mark? Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited. Get. You said to look for it, and you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to do it. You just read me a damn definition. I'm very disappointed in you. <laughs> 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 um... You can find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter. You can also find me on our sister podcast, The Two Wizards Podcast. And yeah, I think that's about it. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Any feedback at all, let us know. Say hi. Draw us fan art. That's the coolest thing. Johnny, we got... 
We got fan you art. And I did, you and I did a thing that necessitated fan or that, that that made fan art. Like that's that's nuts. It's it's insane. never happened to Holy me before. Shit. No, like yeah, it's it, that's it's wonderful. It's it's such a cool feeling. But um, yeah, we love you all, everyone. Uh, I know that this won't come out on Christmas, but I hope you had a merry Christmas, a, a, a happy Hanukkah. Uh, a kick ass Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa. <laughs> uh, tip top tet and a very solemn Ramadan I think is what Krusty the Clown says and uh yeah uh, Johnny Merry Christmas to you buddy I love Merry you, Christmas man. Mark and hell yeah dude <laughs> thanks guys for listening have a great one <laughs> <laughs>